All right, now we're live. What's up? <laughs> Dude, um, not too much. I think uh, it's cool that we've been doing this podcast. So we uh, we did the podcast. This uh, this is Wes Hoffman with Friends again. And we did the podcast with me, you, and Hez. We yep. came down here on Saturday night and just had fun. And uh, <laughs> what what were some of the highlights from that episode for you <laughs> that you laughed about? I can't even remember. <laughs> I think I told some weird story about my Uncle Joe or Grandpa Joe. And <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember. It, it, was it a closely night. resembled a storyline from Willy Wonka yeah, and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. You owe it to yourself to go listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> that so, so good. yeah, I, I listened to it back, and I thought it was really funny. And, yeah. um, I just enjoy hanging out with you yeah, guys. Yeah, it was cool. We hadn't, and, we hadn't hung out with Justin in a while. Yeah, yeah, and we're, uh, yeah, we hadn't hung out with him in a while. and uh, I mean, his. I mean, <laughs> his. <laughs> uh, we will be soon, though, because the podcast, we're getting ready to do more music. Um uh, we're playing a show in March, and that's going to be fun. Um, and we originally came together here because we were uh, before <laughs> we were supposed to, we were going to go to Star Wars tonight. That it's uh, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, the final episode is out, as unless you're living under a rock, <laughs> <laughs> just in case. Uh, but we're going to go see that on Wednesday instead. So yeah. we're hanging out here at the studio and. Um, I'm really, uh, how are you feeling about the changes to the studio? I'm digging it. It's awesome. Yeah. It, like, transforms more every time I come in here. I love that. It looks better and better each time. Yeah. You've got, like, more art on the wall. There's more guitars in here. There's, like, a fuller drum kit set up. There's video games in here now. You've got the hangout couch. You've got a desk with, like, a st- with an audio recording set up. It's, it's awesome here. Sometimes I never want to leave. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's... You know, I just got my new job, and um, the thing that I was kind of sad about the most or that I know that I had been resisting the most was moving out of my office at the barbershop. And um, and now that I came, you know, I mean, we've we've had this studio for, like, a long time now, for over four years, but, like, I moved a bunch of stuff from there to here, and it makes me feel a lot better. Like, I still like yeah. having a... A creative space um, and just a hangout space too to like you know you live in st louis and i live in illinois and justin lives in illinois and it's like nice to have a place to where we can just kind of come together yeah and always yeah hang totally out. yeah like a clubhouse yeah like a treehouse <laughs> tree, treehouse tree clubhouse we uh, are. this is treehouse 2.0 yes it is this is i don't even know I don't even know what this is anymore. <laughs> it's really cool this that you kept doing, doing it. Yeah, it's really cool that you've like kept up with your podcast and like all through the it, different iterations and different kind of phases and projects over the years that you've done. Whether it was like interviewing bands on Warp Tour or like interviewing like people uh, in the St. Louis community, like in the business community, yeah, or, like just friends. Like you've just kept it going, and that consistency is really commendable because, like, you know, like. Most I was going to say everybody, but clearly not with you, but with a <laughs> lot of people, including myself, like too often, like, you know, you start something with the best of intentions. But then after a while, it's like, you know, I don't know, I've kind oh, of moved yeah. out of that phase or like, I'm just not feeling it right now. But like you've really like stayed consistent with it and with your guitar, like with your songwriting 
it's like just gets better every week. I hear even like just better and better songs coming out of this <laughs> studio right here. Uh, have you named the studio? Have you given it a name yet? Well, it's at it's at Encapsulated Studios. Oh, it's Encapsulated Studios. But, but I mean, you're a little like room. Our, you have a I, name? Yeah, no, I've never like really Bessie for a car. Or like we used a, to call it Smoke Pit. Smoke Pit. That's <laughs> that right. was kind of like a code. But I've just always called it the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should call it. Give it a name. Maybe you should start your own label. Like yeah. Call it. Uh, that's something that I have that I've like wanted to do that I think would be cool is to just like I I I'd, I. Uh, almost hesitate to even like call it a label because I really sure. just want to like work with other. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, it doesn't need a name. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have to be a formal thing. Yeah, I I really just want to work with other musicians and create yeah. different. I mean, um, just let it be organic, like whatever it becomes. Yeah, know? yeah, totally. And we do because uh, I mean, we come down here and make like write songs and stuff all the time. But I um, like Dylan and Johnny have been here and we recorded like that heavy music project. And, yeah. Um, Shout out to Dylan and Johnny. Yeah. Two of the best guys on earth. And Matt from Right Quick came down here and oh, he yeah, and I wrote right. a song to get and recorded a song together. And I'm kind of like, I kind of just want to do stuff like that. And it doesn't have to be um, like. Yeah. I, it could just anything. be what it, it is. Just, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, we could put together some kind of logo or some kind of name and, and brand it and be like, oh, this is a studio or a, a, a label or like a company that works with other bands sure. a collaborative thing yeah. you know but yeah there's no um, need to get ahead of yourself and try to like construct a thing before it becomes what it yeah. is you know just like let's see what it is and see if a name or a thing or a, an idea you know for that kind of thing comes to you if it feels right and if not like whatever yeah totally be, you know what it i told yeah i totally agree i shout out to the band playing next door really loudly i don't know if anybody can hear that on the mics it's rattling the actually snare drum i in here a little bit i i can't hear it in the headphones oh really okay at all so uh, but if anyone's wondering, it is choir vandals. Um, it sounds really good. Right next to us. I'm and digging then, it. Um, Humanoids are over here. And Breakmouth Annie, I think, plays there, too. And then um, the Fuck Off and Dies have a space here, too. Um, and uh, Fister nice. is across the way. And then further down, it's uh, Fightback Mountain and No Point. Wow. And then... Um, on this side, farther down, it's uh, Blackwater sixty four. They're like a yeah, classic rock kind of mm-hmm. style band. I and think dude, I've heard I heard them before. I came here on uh, last Sunday. I think not. Oh uh, yeah, maybe I think it was this this maybe two Sundays ago. Um, and dude, they were practicing, and that guitar player can fucking wail. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was actually really funny because uh, two uh, guy, actually three guys that I know. Uh, that I would consider friends of mine play in that band. And uh, I didn't realize that they were all in that band together. And I was just here, like, recording. uh, I was actually recording an acoustic EP. That's right. I've heard some of those tracks. It sounds awesome so far. It it really does. It sounds great. And some of those songs, honestly, like, I think I've told you this, honestly even lend themselves to an acoustic set I think so, too, yeah. Like, there's some of those songs where I hear it acoustic, and I'm like, that's how that song was meant to be. Oh, really? Yeah, you've got really good stuff. Thanks, man. I'm loving it so far. Uh, yeah, I I feel like it just um, sounds like it's just just like the kiss ass hour with, <laughs> with Jacob and Wes. But I'm just really proud of you, and I'm just you know saying the things that are coming to my Dude, mind. And I just want to say this too, and um, I'm I mean, I'm being completely for real here. Like I'm so thankful. You you know you were talking about consistency and um, like me do, doing projects and stuff like that, and but I think that's also 
indicative of like our friendship too. We've mm-hmm. been friends for a really long time. And I think like, uh, I saw this thing that, um, online cause I follow all these like positive spiritual law of We've attraction, Instagram accounts, you know? Yeah. And I saw this, hold on. I just got to finish this. Yeah. 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 No, I saw this quote that said like intimacy equals like, uh, consistency and like intimacy needs like uh consistency and vulnerability and repetition yeah breed like intimacy and like a close connection with a person and i think even in friendships it's like if you have been through with consistently been through positive or negative experiences with a person i think they bring you closer together and you consistently have those like experiences and you know we constantly hang out and um, cons- we we hang out about once a week, you know, and I yeah. think that's really cool for people that are for like dudes that are in their like late forties yeah. <laughs> or late thirties. What the shit? What the fuck just happened? <laughs> or, yeah. You know, we're in our we're in our thirties, yeah. and it's like, hey, 36. we hang out once a week, and I think that that's really cool. And that, but that that's what how a relationship gets to be strong, yeah. you know. And I would say, um, other friends of mine like Corey. Um, and Dylan, who are all going to be on this podcast too, <laughs> when you're consistent with people and you are, the more that you meet up, you know, if you have, um, and some people it's, it's different, you know what I mean? Some people like maybe sure. you don't, but there's also been times where maybe in the past where we didn't talk yeah. as much Sure. and, but we'll, every time that we've gotten back together since we have that history that it's there. But I think that there's also like in the times that you hang out with people more, the more you're kind of like build a bond and we've just consistently made it a point especially like uh, probably the last four years or so, I would think around the time that I like quit my job to do treehouse and stuff, we really started going and getting breakfast every uh, weekend and um, going on trips every once in a while. And I think that that's just, I really appreciate that about you and our friendship. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, ditto. Totally stayed to like consistent for so long. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I was talking about it last week with you and has like, I think like, you know, like memory, like, yeah, you create, uh, I don't even remember what I said now. It sounded so good in my head while you were talking <laughs> and now I'm like, Oh, memories, you remember bleh. things the way you, uh, I remember you said something you about were, you, how some people have memories about you that you don't remember. Like, oh, that's true too. Like, no, that wasn't what I was going to talk about. Yeah. It was something Or they else, remember things differently than how they actually, how you remember them happening. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that, but that I do remember saying that too. Whatever. I lost it, the thought. It doesn't matter. <laughs> No, it's Sorry, fine. I didn't no, 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 dude, no, it's fine. I just totally <laughs> lost my train of thought. Uh, well, I, I agree. I think you do, like, the, the more that you hang out with a person, the oh, more yeah, you that's create what I was memories. Say. Like, yeah, I was just going to say, like, uh, like consistency over time and, uh, like, really friendship is just shared memories and shared experiences. Yeah. And so the more time so you true. spend with that person, I mean, I mean, this is just like kindergarten shit, but nobody usually like vocalizes it and says it. But it's important. It, but it's important to actually think about it and step outside of it because we take it for granted. But yeah, I mean, close like friendship is just basically shared experience and memories, typically in a more positive way. Like, you know, the more positive experiences you have with someone, the better and if you have, if you, if you start having negative interactions, you start to drift apart. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, yeah. oh, or you maybe just have to work harder. To, you it know, becomes I mean, harder to come back together. The bigger the gaps that happen, the more you maybe each, like the parallel lines start to separate a little bit. And if you don't kind of nudge them back together a little bit, it can get, it can be real, you know, within a year or two, suddenly, you know, your former best friend, like you haven't talked to yeah. in a long time. Now they have a kid, they move to a different state. 
you know, you it just feels like, you know, things can disappear quickly Absolutely. if you don't kind of like maintain them. There, there's so many people that, uh, and I don't want to say so many, but there, you, I look back at my life and like, you know, from high school, from the time you graduate high school, I don't really talk to anybody from my high school anymore. No, no, no problem. Yeah, with I don't them either. Or I don't you know, I, like I don't have, I don't have, I don't think negatively about those people. No, you it's hate just, them all. Everybody okay. went their separate ways. Yeah. And some people chose different paths. And it's interesting because I might actually see somebody from high school or from my college now and have more in common with them now than I did back then because people change along the way and you kind of like oh, yeah. realign sometimes. Oh, yeah, you're not the sometimes. same person anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's, that's, that's interesting. Um, but I think also there were people throughout different phases of my life like, oh, for a few years I was really good friends with this person and then we stopped being in a band together or they moved away or they got some job or I moved away or something happened and, you know, a life just happens. Adulthood, you start hanging out with other people. Like it's, I feel like it's the best example is like with some people that you play music with, like you're really tight with them. And um, if you're in a band with guys, like you end up sharing experiences, positive experiences usually because you're like playing in a band writing music together, playing shows together. Um, and you might really hang out with somebody for a long time for if you're in a band together, you know, but then maybe the band breaks up or one of one of the, somebody quits and people start going their separate ways and you realize, Oh, maybe we weren't as close friends, mm -hmm. you know? And I think about people like that from like that I've been in the band with in the past that I'm not really friends with now. And I don't think it's like, it's a weird thing because I I'm such a people pleaser that I automatically go in my mind to like, oh, well, maybe we just didn't like each other anymore or whatever. But it's like people just change. And, and I think um, that's part of it, too, is like why bands will break up, especially when you're younger and you're like early 20s and stuff. Like yeah. a lot of the bands that I was in would like disband and then come back together. Or like I sure. went and played in this band for a year and a half and hung out with this crowd of people for a little while. And then like one over time, you just stop hanging out or you they things just change yeah. like life of different life events happen people move and um it's interesting though because when i think back at certain times oh yeah i used to really hang out with this person and now i don't even really talk to them anymore mm -hmm. it's kind of strange but i still have good memories of those people or different sure. phases of my life yeah um, and i think that's what's important because i like my friend circle is like one or two people whereas yours is probably like a hundred or two hundred <laughs> people minimum that's just your close friends. <laughs> but I, I would say, but, I would say, oh, go yeah, ahead. No, no finish no, your, finish. no, you, I insist. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> I don't want to cut you off. No, you. Um, <laughs> like, I know a lot of people, but something that has been re really weighing on me um, over the last, like, you know, since I quit my job and stuff, like, like right before that, because now I feel like, I feel like all the things you know, now I've moved into this new phase of my life where I have a job, uh, like I'm working this job and like that part of my life is almost like is in the past now. It's like behind me already. You know what I mean? And I've already just like seamlessly moved yeah. into the next thing. And like that whole, so I'll look back at even that phase of my life and be like, oh yeah, I remember when I had my office at the barber shop and like people used to come up and I know a lot of people, but where I started to get mixed up mixed up with was like I didn't feel like a lot of people knew me on like a deeper level and I didn't like that people and I still don't I'm still this is something that I guess I'm still working out in my head is that like 
people, a lot of people know who I am through something I did, like Treehouse. You know what I mean? Or like, like, oh, you know Treehouse, West Hop, this West Hop, and dude did it or whatever. Or, or, and or through maybe a podcast or something. But I don't feel like I have very deep connections with a lot of people. So, like, even on this podcast, as I'm like sharing this, I think that's what podcasting does. Is it like builds a connection yeah, with people? Absolutely. But like, um, I didn't feel like. I might know a lot of people. I might have a hundred friends, but I feel like a very small group of people really, really know me or that I can really be comfortable around. Sure. And it's, it's weird because it's like, I think the internet does this thing where you're putting stuff out, you're talking, you're, you know, I was sharing, I like share a lot of my opinions and ideas and music and um, even this podcast. And like, so a lot of people connect with that, but I was starting to feel like, I didn't like a lot of people knew me, but I, I wasn't sure. getting the support that I needed through sure. these through like closer relationships, sure. you know, that makes sense. Or too. Connections. I mean, like, like literally not. I mean, there's only so many hours in a day. And if, you know, close friendship, like the, the more time you spend together and the more like positive shared memories you have together, the more close you become with someone. And so to get to that like intimate range, you know, like the highest order of friendship, you know, like someone you feel like you could tell anything to, they're not going to really judge you. Yeah, yeah. Like that level of friendship takes a lot of time to develop over years and we, you know, weeks, months, and years. And so, like literally, unless all you're doing is hanging out with people all day, you have a job, you have relationships, yeah. you have family, you have downtime, you have work around the house, work. I mean, we're just so busy. The amount of time it takes to to foster, I almost said fester, foster like really close relationships. You literally don't have enough time in the day to have like eight intimate relationships. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and probably and people are so varied. There probably aren't eight people out there that you would click with in the same way that we do. Very true. You know, there's not eight people that I know, even two people that I know who I would click with like you. And so it's like it's making an investment in time and the people you feel closest to. And then, you know, just kind of by default, like there's just not enough hours or or need in most people's yeah, lives for true. for multiple you know, super close, intimate friendships. It's like your significant other, maybe one best friend, maybe a second sort of best friend, but you're really dropping off kind of the intimacy scale after a while. I I think the same thing with the intimacy, what we were talking about with consistency, that still transfers over to like your marriage too, or like who, you know, your significant other, whoever, your partner, whatever you want to call it. Like if, you know, you and I have both been married for a really long time and to our wives like it's after so long if you don't like go on a date and spend quality time together you're like that you feel disconnected you know what i mean and that's why especially during the hard times i always reach out to you because i feel like we've stayed consistent so i'm always like hey i gotta tell you about this new thing like you we've shared so many experiences together but now when I'm going through a tough time, I'm like, I need you to, I need to talk to like you. Right. And I feel like on that same level, um, is Corey as well, because like we've went through a lot of stuff together. Um, not as long, but like, um, a long time. Uh, we spent sure. a lot of time together in a shorter time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there were definitely a couple of years where we like worked every day together. So it's like some, and I think even with like just certain people that you want to, um, stay, that, that you feel like you can be open with. And I think also that's trust over time too, because it's like, if I'm willing to open up and, and that person accepts me and they don't like, 
you know, they're there for me, I'll open up again and they can open up to me and I can open up to them, you know, and, and that way I feel like when both people are willing to be vulnerable and like, you know, hold that like trust for the other person, like then, then it can happen really quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're always kind of on your guard a little bit when you first meet somebody new that you don't know. But, um, but yeah, man, I, 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 uh, I, I appreciate that about our friendship is our consistency. <laughs> we watched me. all the Star Wars together. That's true. I was thinking back. So we watched uh, The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. Rogue One, um, and then The Last the Jedi. The Last Jedi, which I just rewatched to get ready for. That was episode eight, right? The Last Jedi. Force yes. Awakens was seven. Last Jedi was eight. Yes. Which I just rewatched on Disney Plus. And we we also we did not go see the solo one though. No, we didn't see that, that one. That was one that we there, didn't there was see. another alternate one, like aside from Rogue One, wasn't there? And not solo. There was like a third another one, wasn't there? Maybe not. Uh, I can't remember. But whatever. And you said there's a series on Netflix, Mandalorian yes. or whatever. I haven't watched Dude, that. Do you have did you have Yeah, Disney I still have it for like another month. So so I please, please watch it because it's so okay. good. Um it bring it brings back it's got great action, but it's like got great like shoot 'em up scenes. Yeah. Like um the Mandalorian is just this badass like bounty hunter and um it's got baby Yoda, which is like the comic relief. Oh, that's where like, that gif or that meme was coming from. I saw this baby Yoda oh, online, yeah, and I was like, what, "What is he's this every- from?" He's the cutest. It's it's the cutest thing you could ever imagine <laughs> in your life. It's like Groot times it's, cute. It's, yeah, Groot it is. times cute. It's like baby Groot, like times a million. Like, and and he's the cutest thing in the show. Um, but it, it's like. It's supposed to be in between. I think it's actually supposed to be in between the originals and the new ones. I don't know oh, where really? the, the time frame is kind of fuzzy. Well, on isn't it. Yoda nine um, nine hundred years old when he dies? So this must take place a. I don't think far, it's far actually Yoda. I think that's just oh, what they which call is like it. his species they, or yeah, whatever. His species, oh, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. It might be because Yoda I, was nine hundred years it. old. Like they're still really early in the story. It, but um, I start. Oh yeah, go he's ahead. just this. It's so so good. I watched the first episode and I was like, "This is pretty freaking awesome." And yeah. I mean, of course, everybody has fallen in love with Baby Yoda now and he's <laughs> everywhere. But like, that really revived my. Um, it has like a grittiness to it. It's not like gory or anything like that, but it has just like re- great writing. John Favreau, who is the, uh, the guy from Swingers, yeah, not Vince directed Bond, but the Iron Man too. Yeah, he directed. Uh, he's done some like Marvel comics. Yeah. Happy Hogan. Yeah. He created it and wrote it and directed it. And, he, I mean, really? thank you, John Favreau. He wrote, created, and directed I think he, that? I think he's, yeah, he's, like, in charge of it. Like Wow. And um, he's just, like, killing the game. And that's, that's what's so cool about things like Disney Plus now is, like, and it is kind of scary because Disney now owns Marvel and Star Wars everything. and Pixar and The Simpsons and, like, ABC, it just owns so it's like such a freaking monopoly. It's just insane it really is. how huge it is. But yeah. like, um, but it's cool that that we they can do series like Game of Thrones and Mandalorian and um, create like movies and stuff. I watched this really interesting 
uh, thing on Netflix, this series on Netflix called Living With Yourself. It's got Paul Rudd in oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, we watched that. Yeah, I watched that the crazy? first season. It was it really was good. a crazy show. Very, and like, yeah. Um, it's cool that they can just create. It, it's I feel like streaming and these independent networks and stuff like this, the independent streaming series is now have like really made it easy for them to put together ideas quickly and not have them have to have a huge budget behind them or like yeah. have to be, you know, like, uh, but then it also gets people like you have to have Netflix cause you have to watch stranger things and these <laughs> platforms you know what I mean? have to have like, their like, own internally created programming because original a, they can't ever lose the rights to it. But B, right, it's original content that if you can only get it there, if you can only watch your favorite series that you watch on Hulu or Netflix or Amazon, they all have their own original series. So that if you want to keep watching that series, you have to keep your oh, subscription yeah. to it, right? Yeah. Whereas if you didn't, I mean, you could, you know, yeah. Well, well, HBO, uh, I was, uh, once Game of Thrones was over, I was almost going to cancel my HBO. And then yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, I saw they had this Watchmen series coming up in October and I was like I really want to watch that and yep. then um they have they most of the time they have good movies on but they've they've got uh now it's like the back catalog of like they've got the Sopranos on there mm. and they've got all these other series yeah, that like totally. kind of sell it and I feel like that Disney Plus has that too it's just got these so many classic movies I mean I can't tell you how many times I've been like oh I wish I could really watch The Sword and the Stone or Al- right. Alice in Wonderland I really I'm not I'm totally not joking because those are movies that I remember I was sure. a kid, and I, I would look for them on Netflix, and they're not there. Um, and I think it's really cool that now you just have these classic movies like Aladdin and uh, Lion King just kind of there. Um, I I remember thinking when we when um, Jenny and I moved into to our apartment together, like one day there will be little like a la carte channels where you can just be like. I want HBO, I want this, I want this. And, like, now we basically have – I want this network, I want this. Now we basically have that. It's just, like, networks and channels that have – that are more curated to, like, what we want, you know? Um, yeah, it's true. Um, it's <laughs> Look weird. at us talking about Netflix and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because – yeah. What were you going to say? I was totally going to take this a different oh, direction. Oh, no. Yeah, go, go ahead. What did you think of that Fred Durst video that I sent you? <laughs> that was ridiculous. That was the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> Fred Durst. I thought it's his video of Fred Durst, and he's like, did you think he was being for real? Wait, what? <laughs> tell the tell the listener it, what we're I talking about. I can't tell if he was doing this on purpose or if he really was just – didn't know this but he he's on instagram and he says you're never gonna believe this man but like people in california are like <laughs> carrying around these little poop bags behind their dogs and shit he's like right behind the dogs they're just like picking up their dog crap <laughs> he's like and then he goes people in california are always like thinking about their dogs and shit <laughs> Just high as yeah, just, just high as shit. So you could tell he's like stoned out. Of, but do you think he really never saw anybody like that? He didn't know that picking up after your dog was like a league, like a thing that you're like have to do. I don't know. 
Or did you think he was just making a joke? I don't know. If Maybe he, he thinks he did it, it all for the dookie. He was a was genius. A terrible joke. <laughs> right. No, uh, I don't know. Has he always had like a lot of money? Did he just does he just have like a, a gigantic backyard that his dogs just run out and crap in? He never picks it up. <laughs> Maybe he grew up in an area where people didn't have a lot of dogs that they walked. And Maybe. Then, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the uh the uh the scenario in which he made it, it to his fifties without <laughs> yeah. knowing that people like routinely pick up after their dogs. That's weird. Man. I watched that video weird, over and over yeah. though, and I just laughed at it. I thought it was so funny. What I'm like, I don't know if he's being for real or not, but this is hilarious. It's funny. Oh, super it's t- total. Uh, well, I guess it's just a little bit of a sequitur. I was going to say non sequitur earlier. It just reminded me you were talking about Star Wars back yeah. to that and the blasters. You were saying in Mandalorian, there's like a really good like blaster scenes and stuff. Oh like yeah, shootouts. totally. The one thing I have to say, I'm not trying to be Mister Critical, but like oh, I know it's kind of a now. joke with the like you know the the uh, stormtroopers can't hit anything. Oh yes, like they uh, isn't there a line in the first one where like, Ben Kenobi says like these these must be you know uh, uh, stormtroopers because of their accuracy and their shooting, and I'm like. You mean the people who never hit anything ever? Yeah. Um, but and I know that's kind of like a joke with the uh, like stormtroopers and stuff. But I was rewatching the Last Jedi uh, episode eight today, and uh, and uh, I th- there's a scene where it, near right near the end where the, the 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 doors are coming down. They're trying to block it off because uh, what's his name? Adam Driver, uh, Han's son, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Uh, is and the forces are coming to the ice base. You know they're trying to drop the, you know the big wall to light or the door, the blast door to keep them out. And when they do, like right before it closes, an enemy fighter like makes it through and like crash lands inside their bay. And everybody runs up with their blasters like pointed at it and starts shooting. And every single one ricochets <laughs> off. They don't do damage. Yeah. So a why are these laser weapons unable to do damage? And b I mean, I don't know the physics behind it, so let's just say, I don't know, that's just how it works. Then why are you shooting it if it doesn't do anything but ricochet off and potentially kill somebody else standing around? These blasters do no damage to, like, to ships. When the Millennium Falcon takes off in several movies, people are blasting at it. No damage taken, no visible damage, no scorch marks, no nothing. Just pew, pew, just everything bouncing off. And I'm like, what is the point? Get a bullet, put it in the gun, shoot it so that a physical object will go through the hull of that ship. Because otherwise, these blasters ain't cutting it, man. I don't know what's going on in this universe where everybody shoots laser guns where they don't actually do any damage to anyone. But it is odd to me like the physics of the universe oh dude. that's really like my only big gripe is just every time i see these blasters firing and doing nothing and i'm like this is so like non it's just not satisfying i know <laughs> no one gets hit no one get you know nothing happens it's just weird dude it it, it is i've thought about that the other day because i was watching the mandalorian i was like these stormtroopers can't hit shit there's like bullets flying everywhere uh, but what I will – and there actually is a scene in the final episode of The Mandalorian where they are poking fun at that because these two stormtroopers are, like, trying to, like, basically shoot a bottle off of a fence post or something like that, and they they can't even come close to hitting it. Yeah. But uh, – um, <laughs> oh, what I was going to say is, like, if G.I. Joe and Ninja Turtles, if you, if you go back and watch those shows and He-Man – Everything is a laser. 
like it could never be real yeah, bullets because right. that would be too like graphic. Everything's a laser or like, and all, if you also notice like the Ninja Turtles never really get like beat up. Yeah, no like one they, ever gets sliced in half with the katana. Yeah, no one ever yeah. gets their head cut off with the size or their eye socket, you know, destroyed by the nunchuckers. You know what? <laughs> I have been watching. Right. It's always just like guys being like, whoa, and like flying through the air. Yeah, like, yeah. No one, there's no blood. There's, I mean, not that there should be for a children's show, but I know what you're saying. I mean, there probably shouldn't be a ton of violence in a children's show to begin with. Right. But if you're going to have it, yeah, Dude, I guess hold back on the blood. When I think about you it know, at least until they're like old and like 10 or 11. You and I have talked about this. Like when you think joke. about it sometimes, how violent even like Looney Tunes is, like with Wiley e. Coyote falling off cliffs. like. Yeah blowing himself up with dynamite and all that like violence is such a big we're taught about violence from like cartoons you know even even in um a lot of disney movies like what happens like i was talking about a podcast on a podcast uh with my friend danny zoffness about this like every disney movie has like some kind of tragedy at the beginning like bambi's mother dies in the land before time like all the all of the um the dinosaurs lose their mothers and like um you know it's like we're taught like fear and tragedy at like a very very early age and then with video games how we're so desensitized to um i killed you like you know Uh, we've talked about that before there's even a there's even a that i remember in tournament terminate terminator 2 judgment day Uh there's a part where sarah connor is foreshadowing and it's like she sees these kids playing and, and they say like i killed you like how so early on we're saying things like that and don't realize like killing is like horrible. Yeah. Like the, like literally the worst thing that can happen is that you would get that any, that someone yeah, would pretty get much. Like, their life taken from them against their will. You sure. know what I mean? Like, and we're, we just no, like, we don't take it seriously in this culture. No, I mean, it's we really don't. It's kind of like a death cult in this country. Other countries look at us and are just like, just look barbaric. We've got the death penalty, wrongfully executing people every year since time. We've again. got video games they, simulating killing in all right. kinds of different well, ways. That's one thing Shooting too. I think I told there was war. A, yeah, there was a kid in my class, Zoran. Shout out Zoran, um, smartest kid I ever met. He uh, he's his family was from Croatia and they moved to Highland when they were uh, we were in third grade, and so he was in my class. And uh, anyway, I went over to his house one time. And uh, I saw a magazine his mom had left on the table, and she still got this magazine from Croatia. I guess it was it's just a magazine she had always gotten. And so um, she had it on her table there, and I opened it up just to look. It was like kind of like a fashion magazine, but like just had articles and fashion and stuff in it. And there were like multiple pictures with women with no shirts on, just like breasts just showing. And I, and I'm, I'm, I was like 15, but I, I remember being like, whoa, what is – like what – and Zoran Zoki was like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty normal over there. You know, it's not a big deal. No one's, like, blushing over that. Like, it's just like, what? I mean, it's just your body. It's, yeah. You know, you're, they're not, like, absurd and flagrant and grotesque with it. But, like, it's just normalized. Like, if you want to show a nipple or something, like, no one's going to freak out. He's like, but you know what they don't do? They don't worship violence like they do in this country. And I remember him saying that. And I remember being, like, at first thinking, like, what are you talking about? But. If you really think about it, we absolutely like we don't worship it, but we praise it and reward it and encourage oh, yeah. it. We talk about like you said, like we do playing. You're like, oh, I killed you. Oh, he killed me. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you. Whether it's joking or not joking, it's 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 words that's come out of everybody's mouth at one point, and 
if you really think about how weird that is, everybody in the country at some point has said they would kill someone. You know what I mean? Oh, or, or they say, or, I would kill for you. It's just such a, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's just become kind of like a passe thing. Like we don't really value life. Like when you really step back and look at it, it's like we really should be more like respectful toward life in this country. Oh, I don't absolutely. mean that in the, you know, the right wing way. I just mean like, you know, like truly like valuing life more in our culture I, I, and, and quality of life and, and just not being so brazen with just like, I mean, there was a PG-13 movie I saw a while back where there was literally a scene where a guy holds a shotgun up to someone's head, pulls the trigger. The millisecond the gun goes off, it switches to a different perspective, and you see the blood just spray against the wall because they can't actually show it because that would be like a step too far to actually show someone getting shot in the head with a shotgun. But they cut away from it real quick, show the splatter, and then cut back. And effectively, you just saw a guy get his head blown off with a shotgun. And that was in a PG-13 movie. And I was like, I don't think children should oh, be seeing dude, it's, executions, yeah. graphic it, executions. You know what I mean? Like, I, Not that we need to coddle everybody, but for fuck's sake. Like, I know. Just gore. No. I mean, it's just torture porn at a oh, certain point. Dude, you know? it's, it's just gore for the sake of... For the sake of just, you know, and, well, and not and that there's no artistic value to that. Sometimes, you know, brutal violence can be a valid, you know, artistic expression of brutal violence can be valid as a critique on society, as, I mean, just whatever. It can be what it is. But I would say on the whole, we are super saturated with it. You know, it's it's not that there's no place for it, but maybe it shouldn't be in every show ever. Oh, yeah. Even children's cartoons, it's all no, about violence. Uh, like you said, G.I. Joe, Ninja Turtles, every action oh, thing. Oh, yeah. It's about killing the bad guys, shooting the bad guys, winning. Uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, and um, it is it is interesting because we're drawn to, like, for some reason we're drawn to that. We're drawn to, like, explosions and people fighting each other and gore and, yeah. like, drama, horrible things. And it's like, you know, I, I think that's probably part of it is that, like, um, we're, we're drawn to those things because, like, we're almost, like, taught at an early age to be drawn to those things. But, like, why not be drawn to more positive things? Like, why not more, let more positive things in? You know what I mean? And I think that's something that I, I think about that sometimes when I'm watching too like much. Kind of curating your mind a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like curating like, the garden of your mind, as they say. Like, kind of pulling the weeds out. Totally. Planting some, you know. When, yeah. when I watch too much violent stuff, um, I was just talking to somebody about this earlier. Like, um, like I, I actually watched The Mandalorian right before I went to sleep, and I had, like, a super, super violent dream. Because <laughs> the last thing I saw was, like, a gunfight, you know, like, like a Western, like, shootout type thing. And so my dream was that I was in one, you know, or the, uh, that I was, like, stuck in a house and I wasn't going to be able to get out because it was surrounded. And, like... Um, it was terrifying. It was absolutely a terrifying dream. And, um, but I noticed that I'll start feeling weird if I don't watch something positive like a Disney movie or um, something kind of heartwarming. Or I find myself wanting more and more to watch more of like the inspirational Mr. Rogers type stuff. Like even little stuff like How to Train Your Dragon. Like, but also more meaningful dramas than, like, than, than, than are just like violent. Like I watched that Peanut Butter Falcon and that was pretty good. Like it was kind of like a inspirational. I didn't see. It. I don't know what it's, it's about. It's like an inspirational thing about this like kid uh, who has Down syndrome, who's like um, an orphan, basically trying to follow his dream to, of like being a wrestler. 
And he meets Shia LaBeouf, who's like kind of an outlaw type. Is that the one that he did? The movie that Shia LaBeouf like wrote and directed and created. Whatever. Well, I thought I it just came out with something that was like. I don't. Th- I okay, think he maybe just not. Uh, starred in this one. Okay. But, uh, um, but yeah, no, it, I know it's what good. you mean. It's like I, you know, just kind of yeah, stuff that's like maybe a little bit more uplifting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, honestly, it's good. I don't think enough people do do that. I know I definitely don't, but it's definitely something to consider. You know, we we kind of take for granted the fact that like the things we consume is kind of the direction we set our mind in. Cause I'm really thinking like, you know, if I listen to positive, more positive music or more upbeat music, if I was watching, you know, comedies all the time rather than dramas, like would I fundamentally at the end of the week or the month, like have a more positive outlook? Like, I think maybe, so. Maybe you would, you know, but I don't, that thought doesn't even, I don't think occur to most people. Like, not to me. Like I think, I'm, I'm just yeah. thinking about it out loud right now. Like I, th- yeah, I mean, I totally the content so. you put in your mind is what because like I think you've said before. I'm not sure exactly how to put it into words, but like the uh, it's really hard to put into words. Um, I think it's just like the as within, so without. Like like yeah, you exactly. know, with what what I put in is what I'm going to kind of put out, and I I do notice that if I watch stuff like The Punisher, like I watched the first season of The Punisher. And, uh, even when I watched that um, Joker, that movie, like for a few days after that, I felt very like kind of depressed, kind of down, not not as uplifted. And when I watched Punisher, there's like just it's just it's extremely violent, right? Mo- and, like show, yeah. like I remember watching a couple a couple of those scenes that even still now when I think about them, they give me kind of the creeps, and I'm like. Uh, or just make me feel weird. And I think that the more that you're putting that in, and the, uh, I notice this with politics too, the more that I pay attention and like, I, I more that I engage and watch people argue on the internet, the more that I start getting, being more argumentative about stuff. You 100%. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just kind of like you get out what you, what you put 100%. in. 100%. Um, and I, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, you I was go. just going to say, like that. recently, like curious, I haven't been on Facebook much at all, but like I've I really tried either. to curate my Facebook feed and get rid of just like as much politics stuff as possible because I still stay really informed, but I can't do it through Facebook. Yeah, I get oh, no. so angry. No, you just see the most ridiculous, you know, conspiracy. Like, oh, it's yeah, it, it's so ludicrous that how uninformed people are, and it bothers me to my core when I see someone just writing just a litany of mistruths and lies. And, and and pseudo knowledge and talking repeating talking points and it just fires my finger little fingers up and I just start <laughs> typing away, just saying the meanest shit to try to hurt the person and and to prove them wrong. And I just got it in, got into it the other day with a guy and I just couldn't help it. I was like, I've curated my feed. I'm not seeing this stuff. And then a friend posted something and one of his ridiculous friends like commented on it and just basically was wrong about 12 things in one post and i just went off on it and after i got done with it i mean i like destroyed the guy but but at the end i didn't feel good about myself it didn't it while you're writing you're like i'm gonna get the satisfaction of this guy he's never gonna say he's wrong he's never gonna yeah. concede even if he knew he was wrong he wouldn't admit it oh to you. yeah you're wasting your time you're working yourself up you're putting yourself in a negative mindset you could have gone for a run. You could have done anything. You could have gotten some extra work done. Instead, you sat there for 20 minutes with your little fingers blazing, typing, you know, f- furiously at this guy for, for nothing. It's it's so pointless. I just have to, like, walk away from it and try to remember that for next time. Just like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not even engaging. Hide the post. Mute the person. Uh, move uh, on. It's so hard not to, like, 
I don't know. It's hard to separate in the way that it can be hard to separate. Like we were talking about, like the emotions we experience in movies or in, in television, and then how we carry that like a blanket with us, kind of absolutely wrapping us in that kind of mindset. Like in the aftermath of watching that stuff, because your mind is just visually taking in that that stress and that re- your body is reacting to it. Why people enjoy it, yeah. watching drama and horror because you get the adrenaline rush, you get the jump, you get the goosebumps. You're having physiological responses to the things that you're seeing, so your brain is acting as if. Right. As if yeah. you were about to be stabbed to death, your heart jumps, you, uh, you know, your, t- your adrenaline dumps because your body is acting as if, and, and we're trying to trick it into that, into that state Well, in the same exact way online, you know, like with social media or whatever, like I'm getting furious at this guy. I'm getting into an argumentative mind. My, my guarantee you my blood pressure is spiking. I've got, you know, like, you know, the fingers kind of trembling a little cause I'm just writing out this furious response. Maybe that's just me being fucked up but and i get done and i'm like now i'm in this mean angry like yeah you said, now i'm more make like, you feel better i'm gonna You're, lash now out you at somebody get out i'm of gonna that. get mad driving it's like we really can condition ourselves through our mind our phys- like a physiological response both you know mentally and in our actual like the, the the chemicals and the endorphins that are released in our bodies we're setting ourselves up to live the life that we are experiencing whether it's through media or through social media like when you surround yourself with those, with that kind of stimuli, it sets your mind and and thus your body and, and kind of in the direction to, of, of those thoughts, of those things. Um, and to be really careful with that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, dude. I think um, uh, I, I read this book that talked about this. Um, I'd bear with me because I'm going to like, I got, I think I got, I, I'm going somewhere with it. Oh yeah, I'm here. It's called breaking the habit of being yourself. And it talks about how like the more and more that you are in that state of fear, you know, like how I feel like how I was with my, like toward the end of this treehouse stuff, the more and more that you're in the state of fear, the more and more that you start to attract more things to kind of be afraid of because you're operating from that and you're holding that emotion and your body like, um, he talks about quantum physics and he, he, he talks about neurology, like your body will get addicted to that feeling. So it's almost hard to, after a year of being anxious all the time, not be anxious anymore. Like to, to, to almost train your body to not feel right, that because way. Because that's who you it's are like, now. Yeah. Every day at eight o'clock when I open my email, I feel anxiety about the things that I need to do. So now, even though I'm not opening my email at eight o'clock, I feel anxiety about something at eight o'clock because I've trained my body to do that. So how do you break the habit of being yourself is like kind of what the book. Yeah, if I could just about, figure out know? how to not be me, my life would be so much better. <laughs> how do I break the habit of being myself? Yeah, I know. It's I such just a shitty time. No, I know. No, but it's, it's, it's like, valid it's because who you are is the way you're acting. And, yeah. And so and it's, right. no, yeah. it, it's, I'm just like, I'm having fun with the title, but still like it is, it's mind blowing when it, you think about it. Yeah. You and, really can transform who you are by just doing and, and thinking and being, but <sighs> It takes an incredible amount oh, of work that's, to not that's to not the, operate on your sort of background operating software. I, you're exactly to be able to condition right. yourself to have a different mental and physiological response to stimuli, and in a way that's not you know quote unquote natural to you. We've talked about that before. How hard that is to do. Oh, absolutely. I I think I think it's hard. In, um, I I do feel like I've done both, where I have made myself more positive, but then I've also went the opposite way and slipped into, oh, I didn't even realize I was forming these habits. 
of negativity and I was, um, and, and I think like to come back and be like, okay, now how do I let go of the, how do I, now I have to break these habits, you know, like recognizing that I, I definitely have learned that I've had some of these negative, um, habits and negative thoughts and negative feelings and stuff over the last year or so. And I think it's like, it's impossible not to, when shitty things are happening in your life, it's, that's part of being a human being is that you're going to react shittily to them. You're going to react to them with like fear and like frustration and anxiety and like bitterness because I mean, you'd be a lunatic if you didn't, you're, you know, you you get fired and you're like smiling ear to ear. People would think you're like I, literally insane. I, so of course, like I mean, that's how we're wired. Absolutely, we're wired to respond negatively to negative stimuli. And I think that's that's part of the journey of of life is that like, you know, there's going to be there's going to be times where things go smooth and there's going to be times when there's obstacles. You know, I I've been trying to be. I was just talking to you about this earlier. Um, I've been trying to be more just intentional with since now I have a job that I am going to be at every day for eight or nine hours. Like I'm trying to be more intentional with my time and like, um, making sure that I'm not, it's so easy to, to wake up in the morning and immediately open Instagram and just like occupy your mind with something. But like, I'm really trying to make sure I caught myself to do it. Like I woke up and the first thing I've been trying to, I've been every morning I've been meditating at like before I go to work and then after I meditate, I'll be like, oh, I can look at Instagram for a little while. Well, what you think is five minutes, you look down at your phone and it's been like 15. And Literally you're like, the other oh, day, shit. I thought maybe, maybe I spent a long time on Facebook and was on there for 10 minutes. I was on there for 55 minutes. Oh, my God. I was like, what just happened? Yeah. I was like, I gotta, I'm done. And I didn't get on again for like four or five more days. I'm just like... This yeah. is sucking my life away. And this is way, there's a guy named, go ahead. I, I wanted to talk about David Goggins. I don't know if you've ever heard yeah. of him. Yeah, I know Dave Goggins. Um, yeah. So basically, I just downloaded his audiobook. Um, I have this super cool app. Everybody should check it out called Hoopla, which is um, through like the public library systems all throughout the U.S. I've heard of this. So if you have a public library card, you can go on hoopla.com. You enter your like library from a drop down menu of like 10,000 libraries. You um, you enter your library ID, card ID number, and then like you're in the system. And then if they go, if they're associated with the this Hoopla network, like or whatever the name of it is, that's the name of the app. You get like ten rentals a month, but it's all dig- it's all just on your on your app. And then when you're like thirty days is done, it ought, it just returns it for you electronically. And then you can renew it again, or like just check it back out oh, again dude, if that's you want. Awesome. But it's for videos, like movies. Oh books, wow. Uh, Audiobooks, I think podcasts. I signed up for this, and so and I never. So I've so I've listened to a it. lot of just free. I mean, as long as you have a library card, it's free. Ten rent. I've listened to so many audiobooks for free on Hoopla. That was a sidetrack. I just felt like it was important to tell people about that because I didn't know that it existed until like a year ago. But David Goggins' book, back to that. It's not the audiobook, which is what I wanted. They had the the uh, electronic copy on Hoopla for free, but like I wanted to listen to it while I'm running, while oh, I'm at yeah, work, because it's like sense. you know twelve, fourteen hours. And, uh, so my wife got me an audible subscription, um, for Christmas. And, uh, I was like, yes, because it's on audible. 
so anyway, I've been that's a long way to say I've been listening to David Goggins' uh, book called Can't Hurt Me. Yeah. And he I, I really recommend it to anybody. I mean, he's like a freak. Like he he's he's not someone you should necessarily model your life after, but some of his stories just it, you know, 15 second second summary of the guy if you're not familiar with him. He was a formerly 300 pounds. He lost like 100 pounds in 3 months, joined the Navy. Um, you know, fell back out of it after he kind of went back into civilian life, decided he was enough was enough. He trained, became a SEAL. He went through Hell Week three times. He shattered his shins. He was running on two broken legs at one point during his second Hell Week. He finally got DQ'd because of like his horrible injuries. And they told him, okay, you can try a third time, but that's it then if you don't make it through. And like they're just brutalizing these people. I mean, he talks about it in detail. You cannot imagine. You can't You're imagine staying the up physical... like crazy amount of hours. You don't very sleep for like sleep. six days. Yeah. You sleep like one hour every other day over six. I mean, you get like three hours of sleep over 140 hours. It's ludicrous. You're lifting gigantic logs, like 800 pound logs as a team over your head, running up and down the sand with them, going out into the surf. They're trying to drown you while you're like carrying people through the surf. It's it's the most maniacal, crazy shit you could ever dream of. And he went through this full process three times, finally became a SEAL. And anyway, he, he ended up becoming an ultra athlete, ultra runner. Um, on his road to that, though, his first race doing that after he was a SEAL, he wanted to uh, do something to raise money for um, the victims of this uh, really tragic thing that happened. Um, this guy, Marcus Luttrell, wrote a book called Lone Survivor. He was the only survivor out of 20 Navy SEALs who went into Afghanistan on this one mission. He was the only guy who survived. It, it was the largest Didn't loss they make of that life. A movie? Yeah, they did. Yeah, with like Mark Wahlberg or whatever. Um, it's a, it's an amazing story. I heard him talk about it on the radio once. Um, but anyway, side note. So he was a SEAL too in like a class that graduated a couple behind Goggins. Uh, but he knew that guy. And uh, But anyway, my point was... Um, what was my point? Um, just how awesome yeah, so, the book is. Oh, yeah. And and the last thing I'll say, I was just saying, um, so he decided to do a charity run for the, the family members of that tragedy. And it was like going to be like a 135-mile run. And he thought he was going to have like six months to train for it. However, to get qualified for it, you have to ha- apply by a certain date several months out. And to qualify for that, the application process, you have to have races under your belt, long races. And he's like, well, I don't have any. How am I going to do that? And the guy goes, well, in three days, there's a uh, 24-hour run where they see if you can run 100 miles in 24 hours around this one-mile track. And he's like, okay, let's do it. He ran 100 miles with no training. Wow. He was peeing black liquid. He his, he was like an almost kidney uh. failure. His toes were like he, – he said he was missing eight of his ten toenails by the end. He – uh, he was he drinking Myoplex, like protein, like a like a knucklehead, like and crackers. He didn't bring water, like, it, and he just kept pushing. And it was probably the dumb. I mean, he re- really probably could have killed himself, but he ran a hundred miles in like nineteen hours and qualified, and then did another, and then ran a marathon like a week later, and just became a maniac ultra athlete. But he says to this day that that hundred mile race with no training was the hardest thing he's ever been through in his life, and he ran through Hell Week 
with heavy packs on with on broken legs. And he still said running that hundred miles with no training was the hardest thing mentally and physically he's ever done. And his entire thing is overcoming pain. So anyway, I say all this long 10 minute story just to say it's really inspiring. Not that you should model yourself after this guy, but it's really interesting to see what a human being is capable of. Oh, when there's yeah. a savage freak out there who's willing to like potentially die to see what the human body is capable of. It really shows you what a, what a wuss you're being, you know? And he says like, you know, most people, when they're ready to throw in the towel, they're really actually at about 40%, but you have a limiter or a governor, like in racing, there's something on a car called a governor and it keeps the car from being able to go over a certain horsepower. So that's kind of like everyone's equal. You can't tinker and modify your engine to get it a little better. There's a governor. So no one can go over this many RPMs. No, it like makes the race more fair. Well, and he says, basically, people put a governor on their life, and they hit a ceiling. And that governor, when it kicks in, won't let the RPMs go over, you know, 5,000. But that car could go up to 10,000 RPMs, but you are not allowing it to ever go over 5,000. And thus, you think, well, 5,000 is my ceiling, when yeah. it's really not. That that kind of thing. And I know some of it can be like, oh, yeah, that's easy for you to say, you know, because different people are facing all different kinds of trials in their lives. Sure. And, and life isn't easy for anyone. So it's not like, yeah, yeah, just overcome your obstacles and blah, blah, blah. But it's really kind of inspiring to hear him talk about just just pushing through the pain, pushing through, keeping going, waking himself up in the morning, creating discipline for himself, like getting up at five or four in the morning and running, you know, a half marathon before he starts his work day because you, he, you know, he takes pride in it. The, in the fact that he instilled that discipline within himself with really no outside help. And now he helps people as a motivator, as a speaker, to, to really kind of realize that they can do more than oh, they've been yeah. giving themselves credit for. I, uh, or, I or, Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. And I think um, running is one of the – is that's one of the things why I love running so much is um, it teaches you discipline because there's times where you don't want to do it and you put your shoes on and go do it anyway. Or any time that you do do it – you're intentionally saying, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other for however many miles. And that's like really being uh, intentional with what you're with your body. You know what I mean? Like and being disciplined and saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep going. And then I think I love another thing that I when I originally started running and stuff is that like you can push the limit. You can keep going. You can be like. It can be a gradual, like, change over time. And then uh, after a few months, you're like, oh, holy shit. Like, at the end of this month, like, you know, I will have ran, like, 40 miles over the course of the month. And, or, you know, or, like, you ran a half marathon or you run – well, I mean, this dude ran 100 miles. But, like, I feel like that's why I like running as a hobby is that, like, you could, or you can just go run three miles four times a week if you want to. Like, it can be anything that you want it to be, and you can – but you'll – you can see results. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, totally. Well, and, I, and, and it's work, and it takes work, and, and it takes effort. But it does. Yeah, it does. But you can see you will you will see results. <laughs> it's the Wes Hoffman guarantee. All right. Uh, I All really right, have to pee. Yeah. <laughs> this has been fun. Wow, we're at yeah. almost an hour. Almost an hour, and Damn. I don't feel like the conversation ever died down at all. I could probably go for another hour. Oh, totally. But but we'll wait. We, right. We've got video games to play. Yeah, so. we've got, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will go see Star Wars, and I guess then we'll do another episode. Yeah, we'll give you our uh, Ebert, Siskel and Ebert review of uh, Star Wars Episode Nine, 
next time you hear so us. So who would be uh, Siskel and who would be Ebert? Oh, I'm Ebert. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>